You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. We pray this message encourages you today. Thanks for listening. Let me start with this question. How many of you take a uh, family photo every year for Christmas that you either post online or you send out on Christmas cards? Anybody? I see a lot of hands out there. And how many of you, especially the parents, you work really hard to get that like perfect family photo? <laughs> I actually came across a family online, uh, the Stanley family, who does the opposite. Instead of taking the traditional Christmas family photo, uh, they take a picture every year that kind of captures the chaos of family life and parenting. Would you like to see some of their pictures? Let's take a look. Here's the first one. The kids got a hold of the chainsaw and they're cutting down the trees in front of the house. Hey, dads, put the chainsaws away, okay? Make sure the kids can't get to the chainsaw. Check out this next one. Kids got a ladder, got it on the roof, made a sign for Santa. Now, that is a sure way for your neighbors to call Child Protective Services when they see your children on the roof. <laughs> All right, let's check out this next one. The kids stole the car. Gotta love this. I think the kids have been playing too much of that video game, Grand Theft Auto, like hijacked, like carjacked mom and dad's car. <laughs> and then finally, the last one. Hey, let's use baby sister to hang the star on the tree. Hey, be careful with the baby. Aren't those great? <laughs> well, speaking of family Christmas card pictures, here's our family Christmas card picture. Don't I have some good looking boys? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, our kids are really well-trained. Actually, they're very traumatized <laughs> from over the years, us yelling at them. It's like, you're gonna take this picture and you're gonna smile and you're gonna like it. If not, we're gonna lock you in your room without food and water. Any parents ever said something like that? Trying to get that. Perfect family photo. <laughs> and I think this, this whole need for getting the perfect family Christmas photo, it represents our desire for Christmas to be perfect. We tend to romanticize this time of year. We tend to be nostalgic and we want everything to be perfect. We want the perfect holiday celebration, almost like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Do we have any Hallmark fans in the house? Come on, ladies, where are you? I see your hands. Whatever your favorite platform is, but you know the kind of movie I'm talking about. By the way, for all of you young single ladies who keep chasing after those upwardly mobile doctors and lawyers in Manhattan, what you need to do is go to some small town in upstate New York, go to the local hardware store and find the guy wearing flannel because he is your one true love. He's Mr. Right, I'm just saying, at least according to Hallmark, right? <laughs> and I think we even tend to romanticize the Christmas story. Think about how the nativity scene is often depicted a light shining from heaven on Mary and Joseph, the glowing Christ child in the perfect manger and humble sweet shepherds, cuddly farm animals. It all seems so perfect. But let me just tell you, the very first Christmas was far from perfect. First of all, Mary and Joseph, they had to make an unexpected trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Hello, a nine month pregnant woman on a donkey having to stop and pee every five minutes. Nothing easy about that. And then Mary and Joseph were only in Bethlehem because they had to register for a census, which had everything to do with taxation, reminding them that they were subjects of the Roman Empire. Here they were, the Jewish people, the people of God who had the promises of God to bless them and make them into a great nation. And yet they were being ruled by the pagan Roman Empire. And of course, Mary was pregnant and not yet married, which was a big deal in this culture. Now we know according to scripture that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, that it was a miraculous conception, but the people around her didn't know that. 
And then we read in gospel, the gospel of Matthew, how King Herod, the local ruler, when he got word of a newborn savior, a newborn king, he was threatened by that news and he tried to have the baby Jesus killed. And so Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus end up being refugees. They had to flee from King Herod. The first Christmas was far from perfect. And the truth is our lives are far from perfect as well. In fact, Christmas often has a way of reminding us that our lives are messy and our messes come in a lot of different forms. For some of you, it's the financial stress of trying to make Christmas happen even though money is tight this year. For some of you, it's the relational mess. Uh, you're gonna be around people, family members, exes, people who trigger you. Maybe it's the reminder this year of the family member that you're no longer talking to because that relationship is strained. For some of you, it's the pressure that you feel to make Christmas perfect for everyone else, even though you're exhausted. For some of you, it's the grief that you feel this time of year when you think about who's not going to be at the Christmas table for this year's celebration. For some of you, it's the emotional mess. We're singing Christmas carols about love and joy and peace, but you're feeling anxious and stressed and maybe worried about the future. Oh, there's one thing that we all have in common, and that is that our lives are messy in some way. As a pastor, I meet people from all different walks of life and everybody's got some kind of mess, including yours truly. But here's the good news. The good news is there's always somebody whose life is a bigger mess than yours. <laughs> Actually, that's not the good news. The good news is the mess is our common ground. It's not just you. The mess of life is what brings us together today because the truth of Christmas is that God entered into the mess of this broken world, into the mess of our lives. And so I wanna just take a few moments to give you three truths that we learn from Christmas about our messes. And here's the first one, it's really good news. Number one, God meets us in our mess. He meets us in our mess. Back to the Christmas story for just a moment. We know that Mary and Joseph, they traveled to Bethlehem. And in the Gospel of Luke, it says this, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So Jesus, he was born among the farm animals in the midst of hay and manure in a feeding trough. You know what that tells me? That tells me God is not afraid to come into the messy areas of our lives and birth a miracle. He can do that. That's what Christmas is about. And I think so many people have this idea, this mindset, that in order to come to God, I have to clean my life up first. I have to get everything sorted out and I have to be perfect for God to accept me. But Christmas comes along and reminds us of the opposite, that God made the first move toward us. Come on, he came to us into the midst of our brokenness in sin, and he came to us that very first Christmas. And that's exactly what we see as we read the Gospels and we encounter the life of Jesus. We see Jesus meeting people in their mess. Jesus meets a woman caught in the very act of adultery, and the religious leaders bring her to Jesus. They want to condemn her to death. And Jesus says, I don't condemn you, but go and leave your life of sin. Go and sin no more. Jesus meets a tax collector named Zacchaeus who got rich, got wealthy uh, off of overcharging people for their ta taxes, ripping people off. And he was despised by his neighbors and his community. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today because you have to make this right. And that's exactly what Zacchaeus does. Jesus meets a woman at a well who had been married five times. And the man she's currently living with won't commit to her in marriage. Completely broken woman. And she's thinking to herself, Jesus, 
If you knew how much of a mess my life was, you wouldn't want anything to do with me. And Jesus leans in and says, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for living water because I have the living water that can quench every thirst of your soul. Oh, come on, church. God can meet you in your mess. He can meet you in your mess. If you got some messiness in your life, know that, that Jesus came not in spite of, but because of your mess. And here's the second truth we learn. God meets us in our mess, but he can lead us out of it. He can lead us out of it. Christmas tells us that God looked at his beloved creation and the mess that the world was in, and he wasn't willing to leave it in that way. So he came up with a plan. Galatians chapter 4 Verses four through five says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Now, what is this whole law thing and being slaves to the law? Well, the law simply refers to the commandments of God that none of us could perfectly keep. Have you ever tried to keep all of the commandments in the Bible and you came up short? I know I've been there before. But the good news of Christmas is that Jesus came to live the sinless life that we could not live. And he went to the cross to pay for our sins so we could be redeemed and adopted into God's family. See, if we're honest, we all have areas of our life that are broken. We experience brokenness that we can't fix. If we could fix ourselves, we would have done that by now. No, we need someone to follow. As Jesus encountered each of these people that we talked about, he offered them all the same solution. He offered them himself. He said, follow me. I can lead you out of your mess. What we need is someone to follow. And that person is Jesus. And here's the third truth. God wants to restore us from the mess. See, Christmas tells us that Jesus came to restore us and make us into a new person. Not a perfect person, not a person without any flaws, not a person without any problems, but a redeemed person. In fact, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Oh, what would it be like this Christmas season to be a new person? What would it be like this Christmas season to have a fresh start? Not to be perfect, but to be forgiven, to be redeemed. And so take a moment and think about what's messy in your life right now. Maybe it's a mess you inherited. Maybe it's a mess you created. If you're honest, probably a little bit of both. And here's the good news. Jesus wants to meet you in your mess. Your mess doesn't disqualify you. In fact, it's the very thing that God can use to draw you to himself, recognizing that you don't have it all together, recognizing that there are some areas of your life that are messy. That is the very thing that can become a doorway for you to turn to God for his grace and mercy, because God loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He invites you to follow his son, Jesus. And I think in many ways, we want those perfect Christmas cards because I think deep down we know our lives really aren't like that. We do everything we can to distract ourselves from the awful truth that in so many ways we are not the person we wanna be. There are things about our lives that are broken and we can't change them. Some of us, we aren't the spouse we wanna be. Some of us aren't the parent we wanna be. Some of us aren't the, the daughter, the sister, the friend. The reality is we say things every now and then that hurt the people we love the most. We do things every now and then that are harmful to ourselves. We give in to addictions. Sometimes we're untruthful. There are things about our lives that we cannot fix on our own. In many ways, we can't live up to our own expectations 
much less other people's expectations. But oh, the wonderful truth of Christmas is that you can be the person you were meant to be. Come on, you and me can be something we could never be on our own. We can be more than just forgiven. We can be redeemed. We can be restored. We can be someone new. And so I want to invite you just to bow your head in a moment of prayer and a moment of reflection in the midst of our Christmas celebration today. And some of you might ask, Pastor Jeremy, that all sounds wonderful, but I wouldn't even know where to start. What does that look like to be forgiven, to be a new person? Well, let me tell you, the starting point to that transformation, it begins with a decision. You and me, we have to make a decision about Jesus Christ. And I believe today the Father is inviting us to place your faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and to follow him. And the good news of scripture is that all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, scripture tells us that when you call on the name of Jesus, he forgives you. He wipes away your sin. He takes away your guilt and your shame. He can give you the gift of his Holy Spirit. He can fill you with new life. He can give you his daily grace to mold you and shape you into the person he's calling you to be. And you are surrounded by so many people in this room who have experienced that very thing. And so can we take a moment to pray to him in this season where we celebrate that good news? Oh God, we thank you. God, we thank you that Christmas reminds us that you came to a broken world to save us. God, we thank you that today we rejoice and we celebrate the best news that the world has ever heard before. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And God, we thank you that you don't require us to be all perfect before you come to us, but you came down into the mess of this broken planet. You came down into the mess of our sinful lives and you met us there, but you're the one who can lead us out. Thank you that the name you were given that very first Christmas is Emmanuel. You are God with us. You're the God who's walked in our shoes. You know what it is to be human. You've walked among us. And I pray for every person in this place, whatever they're walking through today, whether it's loneliness or grief or anxiety or worry or doubt or fear, that they would know that you are God who is with them. And I wanna pray for the person who today would say, Pastor Jeremy, I wanna experience new life. I wanna be redeemed. I wanna have my sins forgiven. And I wanna invite you just to simply pray this prayer with me. We can all pray this prayer together. Would you pray it with me? God, I admit I'm a mess. There are things in my life that I can't change on my own. Pray this with me. God, I need you. Jesus, I place my faith in you. I turn from my sins today and I trust in you, that you are the son of God, that you came to this world and lived a sinless life. You went to the cross for my sins. You were resurrected to give me new life. I place my faith in you today. Father, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer, that whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God, we thank you that we can be redeemed and restored. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org or follow us on social media.